Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three of the Light Up the Sky podcast, where we take a multi-generational journey through catalogs of artists. We explore artists at the discography level, uh, and we're talking Van Halen, and we've done Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, and we are moving on to Van Halen um, 3, Bloomin' and Children First. Um, yeah, so this was a, uh, a year later. Again, I mean, they were churning out the albums in, in the uh, uh, late 70s, early 80s, and you know, they were not stopping for, for, for air at all. I mean, this was a, a yeah, kind of a, almost a departure. I feel like just, you know, from my initial impressions on the album, I mean, um, you know, I'll start it and then, uh, Kevin, you can take it next. But um, I mean, this is a, an album that I'm pretty familiar with as far as as far as the Dave era albums go. Um, and I listened to this album maybe 20 or 30 times in prep for the show. I mean, I was doing a lot of just, you know, head buried in After Effects work this week. And so that's just a great way to just listen to a whole album. And I, re- I really uh, um, like my opinion really changed. I mean, the first time I put this album on after not having listened to it a while, but pretty familiar with it, um, I almost hated it. I mean, it just wasn't doing anything for me and um you know especially after um our last our discussion over the last two albums with album one and and uh the debut and album two in my opinion even taking it up a notch and i think you know really just uh shooting to the top of the uh list as far as dave era albums go for van halen i felt like this was a step down and i'm still i'm still thinking that it is a step down even though it started to grow on me over all of my listens um I think that they um, might have hit a wall here a little bit in some ways, um, you know, and, 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 and you know, and, and we can all share our, uh, our thoughts on that. But like, I'm not sure about this. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when we get to love it or flush it, there might be a little bit more flushes than usual <laughs> on, yeah. on my side. And, and you know, like, I'm, I'm still a fan of it. And again, you know, this is we're doing artists that we love and we're, we're doing the whole discography. So we got to go, you know, with the. The good, the not so good, and and you know when we get to it, the garbage because that's coming. <laughs> yeah, this album is kind of the beginning of like uh, an album of great moments, but not a full top to bottom. I mean, when when they kick butt, I mean, yeah, these songs, uh, uh, all the best of this album stands with any of their best work. Um, and as we'll see when we get into the record, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of great. Uh, but you can see there's there's a little couple little moments that don't work, especially in relation to the dave's personality type songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> um kevin kevin your thoughts um you know it's funny because i had a very similar kind of journey through this as you did i didn't listen to it 20 or 30 times but i probably listened to it five or six uh throughout the course of this last week and by far i can tell you that going into this is my least listened to dave era album and it probably still is uh, when I started out listening to it this week, I was like, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> what, what are 90% going to be flushes or something? I'm not uh, no sure. Way. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. <laughs> but I, no, I did not <laughs> like it at all. And I still have some very strong feelings on it. But it is interesting because about, you know, listen four, listen five through the album, I started to appreciate some of the things that it did more. Um, I definitely feel like it's still weaker. You know, there's no question about it. And we'll we'll definitely get into some of those things as we talk about the songs and, you know, just through Love It or Flush It. But I just feel like there's a, a lot of padding on here. And the other thing I want to uh, kind of talk about from an album perspective is I didn't like the sounds as much. 
You know, Van Halen 1 has a specific sound. Van Halen 2 has a specific sound. I know that they, you know, we weren't going to dive deep into production on some of these albums, but I hated uh, Mike's bass tone on this. It was just thin. There was no, there's nothing to it. Here's an interesting thought, though. I mean, isn't this the album that defined the Brown sound? I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, when I think of that, I think of the first two records, to be honest, yeah, as far as the okay. best representation. Uh, I don't think I hate it as much as Kevin does. I mean, I again, this is another an album of moments and not a full kind of... Uh, uh, but I think, yeah, the best songs, I mean, stand up with... Yeah, uh, especially the first half of the album uh, stands up with anything on the first two records. Um, Alex, your thoughts? Alex? Oh, sorry, the the audio cut out there again. Okay, my (laughs) my thoughts... Yeah, my thoughts on this record. Um, I've always really liked this record. Um, Just growing up with it, you know, this, this was my favorite band, you know, from fourth grade all the way to eighth grade. So I pretty much liked everything they did. Um, I recently gave this album today just a fresh listen again uh, for the first time in a long time, and and I still appreciate it top to bottom. I mean, maybe there's like a couple songs that I've heard so many times over the years where it's just like, eh, you know, I could maybe do without them. But I, I personally love Eddie's guitar tone on this record, especially when we get to Everybody Wants Some. Just those opening chords, I think, were some of the heaviest, if not the heaviest tones he had recorded at that point. Um, I I don't know so much if I paid attention to the tone of, of Mike's bass. I mean, I, I, know, I know Kev's more of the uh, engineer, so I'm sure he picks up more on that. But... For some, there, there's a lot of little fills and stuff that Mike does on this record that that are really cool to me, and and maybe it doesn't have as strong a vibe as maybe Van Halen one, and as we stated with Van Halen two, is definitely more of kind of like a summery, you know, going down to the beach kind of a record. Where this one's a little bit darker, um, and the, there's a few songs in here. Uh, I, I wouldn't call them like joke songs so much, but definitely a little bit different uh and we'll get to those when we get into the record but of course you know there's a couple of those songs in there that you know is just typical dave like nobody else could do that yeah um sort of like a for worse yeah yeah. kind of like a a, an ice cream man kind of vibe um i I might be able to point further into the once we get into the track by track exactly what those songs are but i mean i got i got the vinyl here i'm just like looking at the back i mean Nice. I, I just uh, and, and it's a bummer. <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody about this. I, I'm sure maybe we'll get into this, but there was a poster that came with the uh, the insert yeah. of this. That was the insert of this record. That was Dave chained to a to a fence. And I have a picture of me standing in front of the poster, but alas, I do not have the poster anymore. I don't oh, know. Oh, that if sucks. In a, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's in a box somewhere or oh, I left it at my college apartment junior year or whatever. But. You sound, you sound like an 18-year-old girl I, in yeah. 1980 with your Dave poster. Yeah, it's funny. That, yeah, I, I almost put that poster up as a joke because it's just this shirtless Dave chained to a fence. <laughs> and there's a picture of me in a robe standing in front of it. Maybe that'll be a bonus feature. We'll, we'll blow that that photo up and put it in here. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I love this record. I mean, uh, we'll get to the track by track, but I think... 
um, there's a song on this record that might be my favorite Dave era song ever might be on this album. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I feel a little bit stronger about it than you guys do, but I, I can see where your points are coming from on it. Where we'll maybe see how it changes. So yeah, you know, we'll Chris, as our architect, um, you know, build us the the foundation for this. You know, what was what was kind of happening between Van Halen one and our, or sorry, Van Halen two and this album to kind of get where they were. Um, well, I mean, this is pretty much the real the time in history where there was that shift where music. I mean, yeah, you still had disco, you still had new wave out there, but you see start to see a shift back towards. Traditional rock. I mean, 1980, probably one of the most important years in kind of heavy rock. I mean, we'll probably touch on it on other discographies, but uh, uh, I mean, this was the year of a lot of great music and a lot of kind of like the kind of like the definitive. I mean, Back in Black came out, British Steel. Um, uh, I mean, all of these are the first Maiden record. I mean, all came out and kind of just guns blazing. Um, and funny enough, uh, well, sadly enough, actually, it was also kind of one of the, had some of the biggest tragedies of the rock era, too. I mean, you had John Bonham of Zeppelin died, John Lennon and Bon Scott, all within a span of a few months. So major shifts. Um, and you see uh, Van Halen, again, still pushing towards the top of the mountain yeah, uh, with this new, uh, yeah, uh, with another new record. Again, they were still in that album tour album tour cycle it's like okay no time to stop you just dive right into it uh this is the moment in time where you really start to see kind of the the cracks starting to show as far as not that they didn't exist before but now you really start to hear about it uh between dave and the uh, van halen brothers but uh again yeah still as far as the music itself it's still very much van halen i mean there's not a lot of uh, and, and not a lot of huge evolution like they would do years later, like on 1984, which we'll all, of course get to. Uh, uh, but the, funny enough, this also leads into because um, uh, the album actually, the album cover is actually a very important kind of centerpiece to to this record and to the making of this record. Um, uh, that it was, it became again, it probably again started the the the, uh, the pot boiling as far as the tension within the band. Uh, and I guess you could say Dave kind of did this behind the backs of the other three guys. Uh, he wanted a very super kind of professional kind of photography session that was going to kind of focus on him on the art, uh, on the album artwork. And you could see even early on, there was kind of a fear of that kind of, yeah, kind of taking over. And, uh, so what he did, uh, he met with the, uh, uh, who was it? It was uh, Warner Brothers, who was the record label that they were on, their art director, um, I guess, knew about this guy uh, named Helmut Newton, who, funny enough, was more of a fashion a photographer. And it was kind of an icon within, like, kind of the more of the superstar Hollywood scene and not necessarily kind of the hard rock scene. He was not really a rock photographer, except for people maybe like the Stones. I think uh, there were some... Uh, there was some uh, discussion that, uh, that that was pretty much about as far as he went. So uh, so Dave, I guess, knew about him and and wanted uh, <laughs> said, oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, he seems like a, like the perfect thing. Okay, I can kind of show off my whatever, like my, uh, my abs. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that and so uh, so he goes, he meets with this guy um, on recommend or through this contact through Warner Brothers, um, and of course, it's the perfect. Kind of, I mean, you can just picture it. I mean, it's uh, Beverly Hills, like one of the, it was the Beverly Hills Hotel, uh, the poolside. Yeah, Dave's in full leather, like tight skin leather getup. 
uh, and this photographer happens to be there. And uh, so funny enough, yeah, they this uh, this guy and Dave hit it off right away. So uh, so they set it up, and uh, again, the band really doesn't know what's going on at this point. They were the other three guys. So uh, so they uh, so they kind of present this to uh, to Eddie, Alex, and Michael, and they're like, "Who the hell is uh, uh, Helmut Newton?" And again, this starts to create more issues because Dave, I guess, was kind of entrenched in that kind of world. So anyway, so they go back to Dave's uh, uh, Pasadena mansion, and again, you can just picture it. They're on the pool side, and they got this photographer and his team of people. And of course, Dave is kind of the focal point. And uh, of course, Eddie and Alex are late because I think, again, I think there is, again, this is more of the tension where they're just not taking this serious. Uh, so they show up ultimately probably like an hour after and you can see there's just a lot they're not taking. They're like, who the fuck is this guy kind of <laughs> and they can and you can just see Dave is just eating up all the time. I mean, that's pretty much why this photographer is there, this specific guy. But yeah, so ultimately, yeah, it, this turns kind of turned into the Roth show. Yeah, that it was more just, OK, well, well, he's well, yeah, he's the, the focal point. And yeah, and he actually believed that it was something he said years later in like in one of his autobiographies where he said, yeah, he was actually trying to make himself the focal point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what does it yeah. think about this? This album cover? Does it represent that? Is it still, you know, let's let's give it we're starting something new this week and we're going to we're going to give it a uh, one out of ten rating. So uh, let's start with um, that'll start with uh, who is it? The first Alex. Yeah, my thoughts on the album cover. Um, well, it's I'd say it's a step up maybe from Van Halen Two. Well, I don't know. It's I mean Van Halen Two was maybe the first real sign of the classic Van Halen logo, like of the Dave era, where it's a little bit more of the pointy versus you know, the rings that came later in the Hagar era. Right. I've always loved that colorway. Something about that album cover, how simple it was, was really cool to me. But this one, obviously, there's a photo of the band now. Um, and then, of course, you got the famous uh, uh, Eddie. It was at the Ibanez Destroyer guitar that he had there that I think he used quite a bit on this tour. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I like the, the dark green here, and I think it's kind of cool. And, of course, on the back, you got the group photo of, of all the guys. So... Yeah, no, no, nothing crazy, but out of ten, ah, what do you got? Out of ten, uh, give it a six. How about that? All right, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, same here. There was actually another point I wanted to make. Uh, this fashion photographer that they brought in, ultimately, they didn't use except for the like the little like uh, like model shot of Dave in the uh, poster inside the album. They scrapped all the other photographs. They ended up just because it turned out to be such a contentious issue between the brothers and Dave that they actually ended up bringing in who ultimately took the photos that you see on the front of the record. Um, who was, his name was Norman Seif. And I guess he was more of a traditional rock photographer. And I guess, according to the Warner brothers, uh, label was a guy who was known for, um, for getting bands who weren't getting along to come together and to work in some a certain <laughs> capacity, which I thought was interesting. So it was funny. Yeah, they said as soon as he came in and within like a couple of hours he had, he had everywhere, everybody was singing together. Everybody was kind of, it seemed like there was a, whether it was a false camaraderie, nobody really knows, but the, but the environment was definitely much more uh, as far as everybody was working together. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I'd probably go with Alex. I'd give it probably a, like a six or a seven. I mean, it, uh, what do you got, Kevin? You know, I find it, it it's, out of these three that we've covered so far, <clears throat> I find it's probably number two. 
Uh, you know, Van Halen 2 is, is simple, but it's nothing spectacular for me. I would give it a six as well. You know, I'm going to have to break with the group a little bit here. Um, and as uh, you say, what it looks like on the wall, I just got that picture from Alex. Uh, <laughs> that Dave, that is a, that is a, a interesting <laughs> picture. Um, you know, like it's, it's funny how you, that not only that picture uh, chained to the fence, but also the uh, even just the expression that he has on the album cover that. Yeah, I mean, he just set the template right there. I mean, you look 10 years later, and that looks like Sebastian Bach making those same poses, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, it really that does. exact same yeah. look right there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I I love this album cover. Um, I'm going to go with a 9 out of oh, Okay, 10 wow. Okay. Because, I don't hate it. Well, yeah, I, I, it, I mean, just that it almost looks like Iwo Jima for heavy metal a little bit yeah um, i mean just the way he's raising that guitar they're all kind of supporting him i mean like if yeah. you think about back in the day you know how people would go and discover music i mean again the kind of the point of this show too is that we never grew up with this stuff we're looking at it retrospectively um you know being fans of it when it really wasn't popular at all to like and you know you, but you think about back in the day what it was would be like to be you know 17 16 15 year old taking your you know your money that you weren't pushing brooms um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and going to the record store and, you know, you, wh- how do you know what's a good album to spend your money on? And, you know, you want to look for something that looks like they rock. You know, you, you pick up the album and, and you and you look at the back. Do these guys look like they rock? And I say that picture totally looks like these guys rock. So mission accomplished. I give that a nine out of ten. I think it is um, a top three Van Halen cover for sure. They got some good ones and this is one of them. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's get to the truth and lies. So uh, whoever gets the most uh, correct, this one in our truth and lies section gets an ever uh, extra buy it now or terminate it. So uh, first time doing this, let's jump into that. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, truth or lies? This was the first album the band utilized keyboards on. True. True. Mark. Um. And go true. Uh, you would be correct. Yeah, on uh, in the cradle will rock. Yeah, the intro is actually a uh, keyboard, um, a Wurlitzer plugged into his Marshall. I believe that was the story, uh, and it was the only because I guess yeah the band uh, was kind of fighting him on like oh we don't want a keyboard, uh, uh, we don't want the guitar player playing keyboard on the end, and, but he was able to squeeze it in by kind of it was pretty ingenious. Yeah, kind of doing something a little different. I mean, it wasn't like using a Roland or something like that. It was actually like an older school piece of equipment into an amp yeah, uh but like i, I didn't keyboards, know but it still had to go through the it still was a guitar yeah. at the end of uh, the day yeah but uh yeah. yeah it was kind of interesting i guess when they were when they were playing this live i guess because they didn't want the uh, the audience to think that eddie was going keyboard that they had uh, michael play the uh uh play the, all the keyboard parts uh which i thought mm. was interesting <laughs> but uh uh <laughs> anyway okay let's see question two um all right uh, how many cover songs are on this record? I'm going to go with one. Okay. Kevin? I think I'm going to go with one as well. I don't know. I, I tried to stay away from the track listing this time. <laughs> okay. Alex? Uh, yeah, I want to say one. Part of me thinks it might be a second one, but I'm going to stick with one. I think I know what track it is. Okay. 
Unfortunately, you are all wrong. <laughs> oh, it, it, really? Is is it two? It, it, yeah, uh, no. There's yeah. It's yeah. There's no cover songs at all. Yeah, this is the oh, first I, record. Okay, yeah, I thought could this be Magic might have been no. A cover, that was but... actually that was actually an original, um, okay. which I was kind of surprised. I mean, that was probably the uh, and uh, and Fools was the other one I thought was a cover, but it was no. This is the first time yeah that they did not uh, insert any covers on here um yeah some of them were from the club days but they didn't bring or weren't forced to by the label to bring in any other uh, songs that were not theirs um uh, okay oh. so that's uh all right so all right, we we're got, all tied okay so yeah. i guess uh, we'll do one uh let's see which which question should i give you to break the uh the tie um Okay. Um, okay. Who gave Eddie the Ibanez Explorer that's on the front cover? I know this is a tough one, but uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> I would go with Gene Simmons. Right. <laughs> I, I I don't even know. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was kind of I, I, I had to throw it yeah. in there because it was so out of left field. Um, uh, okay, so uh, nobody knows. No. So the. The destroyer on the front cover was given to him by somebody it, it famous. Was, it, was, it was given to him by. Well, they weren't famous at the time, but they went on to be kind of famous, and sometimes kind of for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I don't know the story. I don't know. Okay. Um. It was Chris Holmes from Wasp. <laughs> no way. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Mr. Decline of Western M- Civilization. Yeah, I was I just gonna yeah. say Mr. Vodka in the pool. okay all right i've got a since we're all still tied up i'm gonna do one uh kind of uh one breaker question i had just in case we did that okay um uh in a simple rhyme is the very last track on the album false okay mark i'm gonna go with true because i know there's that little groove section at the end Okay, but Kevin? it's it's considered the same yeah. track. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm going with true. Okay, because uh, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what it says on the back of the record, but yeah, this is this is a weird thing, and this is more with the history because I guess and this is true. Uh, that little instrumental at the end of "In a Simple Rhyme" was actually a song, um, and was actually given a title. Um, I know technically it's not on the record, but in the liner notes and in the uh, like the production listing, it actually had a name. Um, growth. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex Looks like Alex. Alex gets the extra buy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Or terminate. And, that, and, and, yeah. and and me flexing my knowledge here for no absolute reason at all. Um, that was <laughs> that that growth uh, little bit that they do. It's interesting. I was I was listening to this today. If you have the vinyl version of the record and you listen yeah. to it. The instrumental bit at the end fades out slowly, but if yeah. you have the CD or you listen to the digital version, like on Spotify or something, it actually has a hard, it, you know, it finishes the whole song or the whole yeah, bit. It doesn't that. fade out. And also, they use that little bit. Uh, if you ever watch like the US Festival, US Festival from like '83, like they would oh, yeah. play that little bit to sort of intro their encore so like they'd leave the stage and then i think they'd come back on and play that little bit uh maybe with the lights off and then you know do their last song okay yeah it was weird yeah i wasn't sure how to because i had to read up a little bit just to make sure i understood it but yeah i guess uh yeah they they, they were looking to develop it as a uh, as a full song but they just i guess for whatever reason yeah they just decided to um just kind of fill it in at the end there which is kind of weird because it is kind of 
a little out of place. Um, but uh, but it is heavy enough, so I guess yeah, they kind of get a pass on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a true separate separate song. I just thought I just gave it thought of line it up together with in a simple rhyme just thought it was kind no, of no i know yeah I, like like i said i had no idea until yeah i came across it just in the research but yeah i thought that was kind of an interesting little kind of tidbit all right let's get right. to the tracks then let's go track by track and i'll you know just again kind of going with my original thoughts on this my intro thoughts that you know you guys are going to convince me here what is uh buy worthy and what is terminate worthy because i'm not sure yet going into this yeah same here all right so let's, here let's we kick go. it off Perfect song for radio. Out of all, if there is one on the album, it's that. Yeah. Whether you've heard, heard it too many times or not, yeah, that's just a yeah. Um. So you know, obviously, perfect opener is what I think for this. You know, we talked about openers, the last album, things like that. But um, just just that it's a rock anthem, isn't it? It's kind of where oh. you start to see a little bit of the that trend that you'll see throughout the decade rock anthem to start the song um and and the the one thing about this song and and i know we kind of talked about this and and something we've talked about as a group before but the um that's the whole solo section that the spoken part into the solo section that in my opinion is one of those defining moments of an era you know how you talk about like the dirty Diana videos, like the defining moment of the late eighties, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, Steve I, yeah, I do think that that, that solo section, you know, that kind of, that break into the solo section, just total rock. You got the, like the kind of bad boy image. You got the, you know, have you seen juniors grays a Dave doing himself into a, just an all out rock in solo. It's just, it's, it's great for me. It just defines that era. So, you know, this is one of the high points of the album for me. I will say I love the, um, in the chorus, the rock on. I'm just picturing what that must sound like in an arena with, you know, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people just going rock on. Like, it's just so heavy metal, which, you know, Van Halen is bridging the gap between some of the darker, more serious heavy metal bands and even, you know, almost Sabbath-y level of darkness um, to just kind of the, the corny, poppy, you know, what would become essentially hair metal. And, you know, I, I agree strongly with Kevin there that, that that solo second just with Alex riding the crash, it just it just rocks hard. And just the, the goofiness, I think, works. We're going to have a, a strong helping of that with Dave on this album. And uh, I, I think it's fine on this track. I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a great song. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's again, it's the perfect kind of. You want to write a song for again? I, I I I see this, even though I've heard it a bunch of times. I mean, this is the this is kind of the hit of the album for me. Uh, as far as I mean, it's got the it's got the hooks, it's, it's got the uh, the chorus, the the arena chant. Uh, I mean, it just yeah, it really 
kind of uh yeah it's a great representation of yeah just that and even as a live even more so as a live band it's just perfect for that uh in that context uh but yeah it's starting off slow too i mean again this is mm-hmm. what the third album in a row where they really haven't had an up-tempo track it's no. darker it's slower it's groovier this is you know kind of becoming what they what they are yeah you have any thoughts on this one Alex? yeah differing thoughts from you guys on this one um <laughs> I mean, there's no denying it's a great track. It's probably the most single worthy track and that's why they picked it Uh, Mm -hmm. again. It's, it's hard for me to like bury my youth on it just because I had heard it so many times back then. Right. I almost felt like this was kind of the one I I think this one was on best of both worlds. I want to assume because that was the, the, the compilation that kind of got me introduced into the band. So I feel like this one, I kind of skipped quite a bit, but over the years, like I've listened to it more and appreciated it for what it was and i will say probably my favorite part of the song is the part you mentioned kevin like the breakdown sort of spoken word part right into that great guitar solo that eddie does so uh, maybe one of my least favorite songs on the album to be brutally honest with you guys but i i feel like you know it's it's important it needed it needed to be there they couldn't have left this on and and Compared to the right. other songs, but yeah, that's where I stand. That's int- yeah, I'm surprised at Alex's thoughts on this, just considering that this was the biggest selling single, wasn't it, from this this album? I mean, this was kind of the hit. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, it was it was uh, you know pretty well received. And when I think of this album, if you said like you know, quick, you know, what's that song on that album? Give me one song off Woman Children First. I think yeah, that's on uh, the Cradle of Rock, right? I mean, it just. It is iconic. I mean, it's sure. definitely, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just yeah, kind of surprised in a way just that uh, that you're not that much of a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think versus the other single on the record, I'm much more a fan of that versus this one. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's slower in tempo or maybe like the synth kind of throws me off or something, but yeah. It's a very subtle synth. I mean, it's, it's I did, like, subtle, yeah. but like I, I yeah. almost felt like I got kind of annoyed by it when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. It's just like it didn't Sensitive. rock. It, it, it didn't like rock as hard as you. I mean, I know, of course, there's some songs on the record that are like a "Could This Be Magic" that doesn't necessarily rock at all. If we're talking like distorted guitars and stuff, mm-hmm. but this one, it just seemed kind of overplayed for me, and it's just like, eh. but like I said, I, I, I've I've buried that and I've matured with it, and I appreciate it good. for what it is. Good but <laughs> I don't know. I just I I think I like some of the other tracks on the record more, just from my experienced ear with no. the band. I guess if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. So let's uh yeah let's move on to everybody wants some. Go ahead, Mark. You know, this is almost uh, the somebody get me a doctor of Women mm-hmm. of Children First. 
It's just those open open chord choruses, just those power chord, you know, riffs. Um, really simple solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, the most kind of fuck yeah song on the record. I mean, it's not very sophisticated. You know, like, uh, somebody get me a doctor. I think it's just kind of a brute force kind of let's yeah, just go out and raise some hell kind of uh but uh but still great though i mean it, it, again maybe it's because of dave he just kind of brings that attitude to it <laughs> you know honestly i i really actually do like the song i just found it a little bit too long it, it's you know this is the album where van halen starts pushing the long button yeah <laughs> i was yeah. gonna say that that this is the first what all their songs were less than four minutes. Yeah, now the you got drums, and now they're pushing five. Five and uh, yeah, so you know, I really like the intro. The intro mm. is great. You know, yeah, that's like really Al- that drum. Yeah, Alex said with those open chords, you know, it's great. Um, the middle section where they do it again, yeah, that doesn't have to be as long in my opinion. So it's good. It's just got a tiny bit of bloat. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I think it's, again, it's a very primal song, uh, at least for me. I think it's just the right amount. I know it's not conventional. I mean, for a, because I think it's over five minutes, isn't it? Uh, 508. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that is a long song with a lot of, but it's almost kind of just a very laid back, almost, yeah, kind of like a, uh, not like a conventional song. It's just kind of like, uh, like Dave just kind of like, just, yeah, just kind of swaggering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, almost more yeah. like a uh, like yeah. a live kind of feel to it. Like you knew that they were going to play this one live, and you know Dave was going to extend that part, and they were going to do some kind of jam, which they ended up doing. Um, yeah, I mean this this I prefer this single over and uh, and the Cradle Rock. Just I just that the tones are better. I just I find the parts catchier and maybe more interesting. Uh, I, I guess I never really thought about the fact that it is kind of long. I guess when I listened to it, I didn't think about it. I just, that whole, you know, bit where Dave's, you know, kind of scatting in the middle of it, you know, doing his thing, it's kind of necessary for that part. But yeah, I mean, could there have been some tr- some fat trimmed on it? I, I, I suppose, but I never thought about this. But yeah, this this one just rocks and i love the drums and like you said it's got like a primal kind of tribal feel to it and it's great so okay so uh, we brought up the scatting there um you know again we're gonna get a lot of this on this album what's everyone's thoughts on that we'll get to love it or flush it but i'm just talking about specifically that yeah. part well um, Chris. yeah it, it is kind of like uh maybe not as sophisticated but like with what robert plant did like an early zeppelin like a whole lot of love where you've got that section where it breaks down and he's got the drums you've got him almost like orgasming on on record, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so it's not the, like the first time that it was done. But yeah, Dave's is just I don't know. There's I guess there's just maybe a little bit more of an el- element of kind of goofiness to it. Uh, very again, very L.A., very California. Yeah, versus kind of blues, rock, British kind of. Um, but uh, I don't know. Again, it's just kind of one of those little things he sticks in here where sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But here I think it kind of works. Yeah, the scatting kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, this is a very laid back kind of like, again, like I've said, very tribal almost, yeah, uh, where it's both song and it's both kind of like, uh, like, uh, like a, yeah, uh, kind of like a, uh, a, a, again, a primal kind of cry, like a battle cry. It's very, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just Dave being Dave. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Mark? Yeah. Um, 
I thought that Chris's point on Robert Plant was interesting because in my notes, that's not the first Zeppelin sound that I've heard on this album. So it seems to be like before they weren't taking so much of that. Now they are. I don't know where that comes from on the third album. One one thing I I always like a little bit um, that happens during the the part where he's kind of doing his little, you know, monologue part. Um, there's a part where he's, I, I forgot the exact line. I'd have to listen to it to pick it up, but I think it's when he tries to say, uh, I like the way the lines run up the back of those stockings yeah. when he, it's, it, I always found it interesting. Cause if you listen closely, there's a part where he goes to say that line, but then the guitars come in right away and cut off his first words. So it's like, I like, and then boom, the, the chords come in. And I always wondered why did they leave that in there that just seems like that would have been like an easy edit or they could have just re-recorded that part so it didn't like interrupt them interrupt him i don't know if you guys would ever pick up on that but that was always kind of like an easter egg kind of thing where it's like he he wanted to start his line but he didn't he wasn't ready that the guitars were going to come in right yet and they do and and cut him off and i always thought that was kind of cool yeah all right all right well uh let's move on to another had a longer track on this album, and that would be Fools. Nothing like a good, uh, loud yeah from Dave to puts that little warm spot right in your tummy. <laughs> it's got a very Gene Simmons yeah to it, which I never yeah. realized before, <laughs> but I could, like, I could just hear Gene Simmons doing that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't, you know, we've talked about this before, but yeah. I'm not a big lyrics listener. Um, and listening to an album 20 or 30 times or whatever, really, yeah. you know, you, you eventually notice it. I hate the lyrics in this song. Yeah. They are so corny. Mm-hmm. They are so cringy. And I know it's party music. I know it's Van Halen, but like pushing broom. I'm sick oh, and tired of cleaning my room. I know. <laughs> that, is, that is Death Leopard. Uh, what's that? What's that? That horrible music video that they put out in 1990. Um, Let's get rocked. Or Walk the dog. Oh, me and my um, wine. Not that, not that one, was it? No, 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 that was that was that earlier. Horrible single. I can't remember. Um, let's get rocked. Oh, okay. And uh, like, this is just like this. I don't like, come on. Man. And it's like, where did this come from? I mean, I know that it's not yeah. sophistication. You know, you don't go to Van Halen for sophisticated lyrics, but they're horrible here. No, I know it's and they're very. Sh- it's a very short kind of for a song that's almost six minutes long. I mean, the lyrics are very underdeveloped. I mean, and it's and it's a very simple song, too. I mean, it's a very bluesy. Um, it kind of has the riff kind of tells you it should be like a two or three minute like blues song uh it's uh uh 
uh, yeah, and again, it's kind of got that. It was funny. This is one of the songs where I was kind of reading, trying to figure out what he was talking about. And again, yeah, like you said, Mark, yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, just very kind of like, oh, it's almost like he's just throwing stuff down. I mean, who knows what the state he was in when he wrote it, but. <laughs> yeah. I'll just make a quick note that yeah. that intro right there, the first thing that came to my mind was Hendrix, Hear My Train a Coming. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I you're right. I listen to it. Yeah, you listen to it back to back. It's like Eddie doing Hendrix right there. You know what's interesting for that? Before we get to Alex, real quick, is that uh, there's a song on David's solo album, "A Little Ain't Enough," the last song on there, "Dropping the Bucket." It's like the exact same riff too. So I was, I was, you know, okay. yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, go ahead, Alex. No, it was just funny that I, I, I I'm on my computer here, obviously, and I went on a Van Halen news desk. And I clicked oh, yeah. on the article specifically for this song just to, you know, mm-hmm. get some some backstory and and comments on it. And it's funny that Mark said that he hates the lyrics, and then the first comment is some of the best lyrics Dave ever wrote. Paint, <laughs> pa- paints a perfect picture of teenage rebellion. Oh my I'm like, god! I'm like maybe it's it's clever in that regard. That's the thing though. Like when I'm listening to Van Halen and and, and teach their own like. Uh, Maybe you find some some depth and stuff, and and some people might find depth in his lyrics. But this one, I, I guess I don't really pay attention to. But yeah, this is just like a really fun song. I, I've yeah. always loved that kind of that opening kind of bluesy riff he does, and it's it's just kind of like a stomper. It's got like this old kind of blues feel to it. So right. kind of uh, shuffles a little bit too. Yeah, it's yeah. got like this shuffle. Yeah. Like I've always I always thought this was kind of like a fun song. So. So here's my thoughts is that should the first, you know, what, minute and a half, I mean, this is a six-minute song, should that have been just a, another Eddie solo? Yeah, you know what, we don't even get to the chorus on this until like two and a half minutes in. The first minute and a half is kind of, it, it's fine, but it, yeah, I mean, yeah, Eddie solo, I would take that, you know, a separate track or whatever, it's, yeah, so... I, I how much I I think I'd look on this song much more favorably if it was like four minutes long and not six. I hate to be like a stickler on length, but you know, a song about fools for six minutes. Right, pushing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, honestly, not- this is the first. Sorry, I'll, I'll be real short with this, but this is honestly this just discussion is the first time I've ever paid attention to how long the songs are on this record. I, I never <laughs> thought of it before. It's just like they I, just kind of flowed and were yeah. fine for me, but I, yeah, I well, when take, you don't I, like it, yeah, <laughs> sure. I can't take Twisted Sister level lyrics for six minutes, minutes. for a band <laughs> like Van Halen. Like, okay. I just can't. I can't. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's move on from Fools uh, yeah. into uh, Romeo Delight. Somebody to play, baby, don't get up tight. 
quick kind of comment, almost a question I'm wondering. It's like, I almost wonder if this song ever opened or closed the show. Because it just feels like a, like a lot of high energy and it's just the, I love those volume swells. It just feels like oh, a know. crowd, crowd to get huge, into yeah. it. Huge yeah. opener for them. Oh, was it? Okay. It just had that feeling to me. Yeah. Like just starting a concert like this, like, yeah, just like ready to go. That's so, pro- yeah. it's, it's probably the heaviest I've seen him use pinch harmonics in the beginning. I mean, because he's pretty much, I mean, that's not picky. I mean, he's just hitting the, because uh, uh, it sounds like a, uh, yeah, almost like a heavy ping pong ball just hitting the, yeah. You know, uh, and, very and it almost sounds like Hatfield with, with how heavy that is. Oh, yeah, the down pick. Oh, yeah. Down picked, you know? Yeah, like, after, after the main like, review, yeah. I mean, it's just a machine gun. Love it. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. And right before you. Uh, cut it off i just love that uh yeah just kind of that uh that break or, or whatever what, i don't know if that was a pre-chorus or not uh yeah just it's just really it, it it's not quite like a traditional rager but it just kind of again you're just flying down the street in your sports car your maserati no yeah and it's just <laughs> yeah. Two-tap camaro exactly <laughs> I mean, yeah this is this is yeah. there's another song too with some zeppelin sound to it just kind of that open hi-hat swinging you know, yeah, those, those take yeah. it down for the verse type. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's another more, you know, another Zeppelin reference in here that, uh, you know, really haven't seen too much of that in the first two albums, but it starts to come out a little bit more here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this was a big opener. I know that, that famous, the only reason I know this is because I grew up just watching this show like constantly was the famous Us Festival show from 1983. They opened with this and, yeah, it's just, it's a perfect opener. It's just like, you know, kick the door down like we're here. It's it's very much a live song. Uh, maybe not oh, like yeah. the catchiest thing. Like if you're thinking about the chorus, maybe it doesn't have the most like melodic chorus, like the baby please. It's nothing like crazy catchy, but I've always yeah. loved the little bit that Dave does after that. Um, and then, of course, the little breakdown part where it's, you know, the feel my heartbeat bar- part is oh, great. Yeah. And it kind of really like, slows down. Yeah. you know, it kind of, you know, Eddie doing his thing where he's kind of tapping on the strings, like making mm-hmm. those weird sort of like robotic kind of picky noises and stuff. I don't know how to describe it, but you'd have to listen. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's just it's just a rager song. It's not like a single or anything, but no. it's 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 uh, it's a party track. So. Yeah. What are your uh, thoughts, Chris, to finish it up? Um, yeah, it's just, it's almost like probably about as mashy as they got. I mean, as far you could just see people in the front row yeah. of a concert just kind of bashing each other. Uh, but yeah, the part I was trying to remember, yeah, the part yeah, uh, where he says, yeah, I'm uh, taking whiskey to the party tonight. I'm looking for somebody to squeeze. I just love that yeah, mm-hmm. in conjunction with the guitars. It's just really, yeah, that's just the perfect kind of, yeah, the perfect live uh, live moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah the lyrics sure. are improved here. Oh, yeah, big time, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I'm just going to throw this in before we get uh, to to some of these songs. Uh, the, yeah. the next one and before, I'm surprised Mark didn't comment on the punctuation. So, oh. So. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Wow. Automatic, automatic, fl- oh, no. Is that a comment of the day? Yeah. <laughs> a comment of the album? Flesh and terminate, Might you be. know. Yeah. I missed yeah. punctuation. All right, I'm so yeah, the next one. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get to the double punctuation of Tora Tora.
know, I said that I yeah. wasn't a fan of this one. I'm not a fan of the song title. Um, I like the soundscape of it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I love big time. where he's going. Like, it almost sounds like Black Sabbath. Um, I almost get, like, you miss, like, a, a Slayer level of darkness with it. Um, I'm just not sure why it's on the album. Yeah, you know, uh, you know what it kind of reminded me of. Also, you're not just Sabbath, but it actually kind of has that Rob Halford and like King Diamond kind of feel like that. Oh yeah, you, I like Definitely I can't. I, 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 yeah, I didn't think Dave could kind of do that yeah, as well as he does here. But yeah, it's weird. Like I said, I was this was what the one of the if you even want to call it a song. I mean, one of the few moments I kind of was struggling because it's very cool and different, and it kind of actually reminded me of uh, if you remember off of. Uh, uh, Jews priests uh, screaming for vengeance. So the Hellion, uh, which mm-hmm. leads into Electric Eye. Yeah, it's that. That's kind of what it. That's kind of what it did for me. It's like a very cool kind of, uh, kind of like an, a right. little like pre song. Um, I guess yeah, I could I, buy that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I just think it's too experimental. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I. I'm gonna. Uh, when we get to the next song, I'll kind of elaborate on this um, as far as why it was kind of a. Uh, I like it, but yeah, that there was a little bit of an initial struggle because it is technically kind of like a. Uh, it leads into another song. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah. Again, it's it's like that priest kind of mashup. Yeah, uh, you yeah. Got like a. Yeah. I, I I would I would agree with that. I, I guess I don't take this song too serious. Like right. I don't even really consider it a song. It's just it's sort of like how Intruder on on Diver Down mm-hmm. is sort of like the little intro track right right before uh, Pretty Woman. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's nothing crazy. Uh, I, I I found out that apparently you'd have to do some digging on just like a fun fact. I guess those kind of like opening dive bomby kind of uh, trembar stuff that Eddie's doing. Apparently, all that was recorded. Uh, you know, or he recorded it, but it's played back or backwards. Is it reverse? I guess yeah. it's like it's in reverse. That's how it has that sort of like kind of volume, like weird disorienting swell. Uh, that's cool. And and I, I I sent you guys. We were talking, I think, in the last episode on uh, Van Halen two, uh, how they didn't really have any official music videos for that re- the record. But if you do mm-hmm. some digging, it's kind of cool. There is technically a music video for this record, mm-hmm. and it's for this song and the next song, and it's kind of funny. Uh, if you watch it, yeah, it, it just it sort of has that like war theme to it, like Iwo Jima, which is funny because uh, Mark, you mentioned that at the beginning of the record, how the album cover sort of like the Iwo Jima, sort of in a way like they're doing a spoof of it. And I think of that when I listen to this track. You know, I just I feel like the people are screaming as like the bombs are falling. Right. So it it, it sort of wow. and and I'm sure that's that's intentional, but that. Yeah, that wasn't. I'm, I'm the... gonna have to give that. Hang on here. I'm oh, gonna have to ahead, give yeah, that vote for uh, comment of the album right there. I, I would too, actually. That's two votes. Yeah, I always, actually, I always yeah, kind of comment of the album. Okay. Here. <laughs> um, that wasn't the uh, the video where they're all dressed in uh, medical scrubs. Was it, it that is. one? That's it the is one. That... Okay. All yeah. right. I, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's uh, right. since we're kind of talking about these two songs in conjunction, because you know, as an intro, let's uh, move on to Lost of Control.
All right, Chris, go ahead. That's funny. From what I read, I guess, yeah, this song was kind of them, their ode to the punk rock scene. Because you can see it kind of has that kind of just blistering, very simple kind of two under three minute kind of vibe to it. Um, I love the beginning. Um, yeah, just uh, going into that kind of that main kind of bouncy riff. Uh, but I hate the chorus. I just hate that. <laughs> it's very annoying. Yeah. Um, I yeah I yeah I don't know that and that's the thing with uh, the uh, the previous song with Tora Tora. I wish there was a stronger song to follow, like what Priest did with their kind of version of that. Um, yeah, I just feel the song is very uneven. Um, maybe maybe that was the point. Maybe it was just kind of one of those blistering kind of like ah kind of songs. But yeah. I feel like this was, um, and to reference uh, what would become Van Halen and 5150 and that album and those studios and everything, um, you know, if, if I'm remembering correctly, 5150 is in reference to a, uh, a California um, code for an insane person. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I feel like this is the first appearance of that right here. Like, the, like Eddie just going crazy. Just, you know, max yeah. speed. You know, I'm thinking like wow. I'm thinking of that album like Get Up too. Yep. Like, I actually listen to the song. And I was, listen to Get Up. They're the same yeah. tempo. I was like, just wow. When you were saying that, I'm like, this is the Get Up of Women and Children first. Wow. It's too bad that sure. Dave, but Dave doing it. Too bad that Get Up is a good song and this song stinks. All yeah. right, Kev, <laughs> Kev, 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 do you care to elaborate? Let's let's get let's get you um, out of here. It, 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 the, the verses are nothing. The, I know, cor- yeah. the chorus is a reek. You know, that, that, it, I just feels like the song is a total waste to me, honestly. As I, I wrote down my note, my notes, two, and a, two and a half minutes of misery. I'm glad this is Fuck a short it. song. <laughs> I, I just yeah, feel I like I, I feel yeah. like that this song is an absolute nothing. I, I don't know why. You, why would you go to it? No, it's 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 annoying and it's just a nothing yeah. to me. No, like, I'm not defending. I'm saying it, yeah. it opens a side. Right. Like that's. Oh. I, yeah, I, I agree. That's why I was throwing my support to that little instrumental because it's got that's a it's a good lead up to what should have been a better song. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my like, yes. again, going back to, again, going back to the priest reference. I mean, you've got the Hellion and then it goes into electric guides like, yes, that's and that's what you kind of were looking for here. And it doesn't quite hit that mark. Um, again, like the first 10, 15 seconds. Like, OK, cool. That's cool. That's the raging Van Halen we've come to lo- uh, know and love. But then again, it just falls off a cliff as soon as Dave opens his mouth. It's like, okay, I don't, this is like, this is, this is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, oh, it, I wonder where not... I'm going to put this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I come from a, from a different angle. I just kind of find this one as like, just like a fun, not like a throwaway song, but they're like, oh, let's just write a song where we can build it around Eddie doing this really kind of fast riff. Yeah. I mean, it is. When you, Chris, when you mentioned that it's sort of like an ode to the punk scene, I, I never put that together or thought of that, but yeah, I that, could that was, see it, that because yeah, it's, that was, it's yeah. not like a, a radio song where it's got like a catchy no. chorus. It's just like a goofy little fun, like, right. you know, kind of tongue in cheek song. Yeah, so I, that, I, I appreciate it for that reason. No, but I, yeah, no, it's. I, I agree, and that was something yeah, I, I can didn't see. Why, would, I could see why it gets annoying for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah that, uh, but that was something I guess the band thought it was like they're kind of like as far as like a little like. I don't know if it was necessarily paying tribute to punk rock or if it was just their attempt at it, but uh, uh, I just felt yeah, there were parts of it that could have been done better. Because again, like the first 10, 15 seconds are like, okay, this is pretty cool. All right. And then it just, again, it just kind of falls off a cliff at some point. And, yeah, there's, I, not a, I, and there's not a I lot of time either. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to defend the song um, in context of the album in that, you know, with Van Halen 2, I think that my biggest surprise in listening to that album is really just the the construction of the songs, the musicality, the talent. I mean, they're all short songs, all very interesting to listen to. I mean, the band was tight on Van mm-hmm. Halen 2. And so far with Women and Children First, I mean, it feels like they're losing some steam. And yeah. this song is an antidote to that. That's what I like. You know, oh, that, okay. that's what I would say that, that, that this is where that band is like, that's where the out of love right. again or the, yeah. you know, the light up the sky. Just we're going to bring back the energy. We're going to we're just going to cut it loose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I think you're insulting those other songs a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, as the person who runs the section, I get the last word. And I think okay. it just confirms that the band hit a wall, not not running out of steam. Right. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if I'd be interested to know what other songs they maybe would have had that they cut in place of that, where it's like, all right, if, if they would have had like a proper like rock kind of radio catchy chorus and they skip that and put Tour Tour and Lost of Control on there instead, then it would have been like, all right, guys, like, I, I don't know if that was such a smart move. So I guess like you would have had to be there and understand the uh, the thought process behind it. But yeah, it's just kind of like a, but, but then you bring up like an open side too. And it's like, eh, but then I think where else would you have put it? So I, I don't know. In the trash. In the trash. Oh, okay. oh. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, uh, I like Alex's point there just with that, you know, you don't know what else was there and considering that the rest of the, um, like I'm not gonna call it crap, but you know that that surrounds this <laughs> on the album. Like, like I don't know how you can throw this song in favor of some of the other uh, tracks. I mean, like, what else did they have in their back pocket? You know, like, mm-hmm. a, yeah. I mean, what was what was in the demo tapes that didn't make it? I mean, it's it's very possible there was something good, but I mean, without this, that this is really like I don't know. We'll get to the rest of these 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 songs, but I mean, this is really the first time. If you want to just take the Tar Tar and Loss of Control together, that you know this is this, where they were on Van Halen one, Van Halen two. This is kind of where they, um, you know, they, they've left that, and this is kind of bringing that back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on here uh, into "Take Your Whiskey Home." Well, my baby, she don't want me around. Watching me fall down. <laughs> she wants a good life, all the best. But I like that bottle better than the rest. And she said, I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble. Well, I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble. Well, I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble. That's the shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll say something about this. And, um, you know, this is obviously uh, looking back at this, you don't really have the context that this was done 10 years earlier, right. 12 years earlier, actually. But I hear uh, Skid Row's monkey business in this, that slow acoustic intro, and then it just hits. 
Hmm. And, hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not going to give away whether I like it or not, but, you know, it's, I don't know that I like songs about whiskey. That's <laughs> understandable. That's understandable. And I actually, I have to correct an earlier comment that I made. Actually, maybe I'll cut it out. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> this easier. is actually the song that reminds me of that song, Drop in the Bucket, uh, from David Lee Ross' 1991 album. Just because it's got that ac- acoustic. Yeah. I was getting it mixed up. So, yeah, sure. but I, I, I actually, I, I kind of like it, but I also get Mark's point. Like, I like the riff. I, I think it's a rock yeah. and riff. Um, it's simple, but it's like very rock and roll. But yeah, I kind of know what you mean about the, like the, again, we're talking about the lyrical content here. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just not a whiskey band. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's well, like dive bar garbage. I don't know. I don't know. It is kind of a dark, I mean, for a guy, I mean, for, or just a band in general, it was very fun. I mean, as far as you have partying, drinking, doing drugs, I mean, this is kind of a very darker kind of song where, uh, the main, I guess we want to say the main character in the story is the guy, uh, instead of like being or treating his woman, right. I mean, he chooses drinking the bottle. Yeah. To everything else in his life. So I guess it's very simplistic, but, uh, it is one of the few times where he kind of, because it does deep into the darker side of that, uh, to that addiction, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, sorry, other bands have done it better. This is interesting because you're talking about yeah. it more of, of a from a darker perspective, correct? About yeah, it, rather than kind of more of a party perspective about right, it, right? Yeah, it's which I never thought of. Like I, I guess I just never really dive into it that much. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. Again, there were certain songs where I wanted to kind of get a little bit more of a kind of a, a full feel for the. Uh, uh yeah for the and this is one of the few that kind of jumped out at me it's like okay this isn't his typical like where you can see like he's having if yeah, fun he's not really yeah he's wailing a little bit but it's not like a it's not like a yeah whale so kind of yeah you can see there's a little bit of kind of a a darker or more somber kind of tone uh but i like it i like the i like the acoustic and the and the, and the heavy kind of mixed as well so there is yeah it's just a it's a unique song yeah the solo rips oh yeah, yeah. yep absolutely yeah, one of my favorite solos. Yeah, this song, I mean, this has always been one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, I don't know why, but I always got, I mean, and maybe it's because like the, the, you know, soul guitar kind of doing its intro thing and then Dave coming in. It always kind of gave me a Fool's vibe. Like if there was like a Fool's on side two, it'd be this one. It's almost got like that like Very a West, westerny, bluesy kind of thing. And it's got such a good swing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never really paid much attention to the like i said i I don't really pay much attention to a lot of lyrics (laughs) just being a guitar player like i really focus on like the groove and the swing and just the 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 grit and the bite of his guitar tone was great on this so yeah that that's why i love this song yeah yeah yeah, funny enough i mean with even probably van halen probably even more than some other bands i mean you really uh, up until we started doing this podcast i mean i didn't really pay any pay any attention but i figured just to give a little bit more uh, kind of meet to the discussion. Was, sure. and yeah, some of the stuff on stuff, some of the stuff on here. It's like okay, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I mean, who cares? But uh, but this was one of the few. Like okay, this seems a little bit okay. This isn't uh, this isn't a happy go lucky song. There's a little bit of a kind of you know, looking at a perspective of somebody who's actually struggling with. I mean, like I said, other bands have done it better, but at least I mean, at least he took a shot at it. Yeah, <laughs> being a you little know, bit. I, yeah, I'm gonna add that this track maybe there's a couple moments on this album i think uh one of you guys referenced this early on 
you know, it, it almost like feels like it's like the wheels are coming off or it's about to kind of go off the rails at points and it still holds it together. But, you know, the Chris, with your introduction, just talking about the tension between the band, um, I feel like you're starting to hear it musically, you know, and, and where you, 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 oh man, they were so tight on Van Halen too. And now you're starting to hear a little bit of, you know, I, I wouldn't call it diversification or, you know, they're not like stratifying their sound or anything, but it's really starting to come out here and there and like it still comes back it still holds together you still get a ripping van halen guitar solo uh in this track but just you know some of the lyrical content just seems to me like you know i think kevin might have said hit a wall i don't know if i'd say it, it like hit a brick wall but like maybe it hit like a <laughs> like a force field or something and it like bounced back and it's like oh we'll get through and you know we punctured through and we made it happen but like i feel like you could kind of hear the tension in the songwriting yeah I, I'm reading here uh, that apparently this was an old song from the club days that Eddie di- Eddie didn't actually care for, but the band wanted it on the album, and so yeah, maybe you guys have something to that. Um, it's it's just like a good kind of bar song. I mean, I know there's like alcohol, like an alcoholic reference on the song, but it's just like you you, you could play this thing like on a jukebox at a bar, and right? It would just make sense, so. And I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I kind of hate that kind of music. I, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that kind of music. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, from this song to a complete oddball that, you know, we're kind of talking about, uh, could this be magic? Could this be magic? Or could this be love? Uh-oh. And I said, could this turn tragic? You know that magic often does. I think I made my point. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask, um, why was this on the album? I mean, I don't hate the song. Um, and it, it's it's a fun little ditty, you know, like it just says the band gets together and they can all, you know, they all sing together. It's like an unplugged or everything, but like you know, why isn't it like a bonus track or a hidden track or uh just a live track? Why is this taking up album space? Yeah, yeah, this is really the moment as far as Dave kind of uh bringing in his early kind of 20th, 20th century influences where it's got mm-hmm. like almost like a vaudeville. Uh, I almost feel like when I'm listening to it, like I'm watching, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Boardwalk Empire, uh, mm-hmm. which is a 20s. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it kind of has that feel like where you sit, you feel like one of the, like one of like the, the casinos or clubs where you're watching kind of like this uh, kind of yeah, every 20s uh, kind of show tuny kind of. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the effort. I, I don't I don't know if you, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he was trying to read or do like another type like ice cream man which i think is a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh kind of in step uh but no i'm saying ice cream man i mean is a better song i i definitely a big time but uh i just i don't think it 
translates as well here. I mean, with Ice Cream Man, it sounds like Dave singing, like, and again, you think of California, you think of, yeah, just him on the coast. And here it's like, okay, it just sounds really, yeah, where he's just trying a little bit too hard, where it doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't really rock like the other one does. So I, I get those points, and I, I'm not going to say I, I love the song, not like we're at that section yet, but um, I kind of appreciate this song in its own way. Like, it, I'm a fan of the <laughs> odd Van Halen tracks. Like, I, I don't yeah. absolutely hate this song. It kind of reminds me of a worse version of Big Bad Bill is Sweet William now. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but, you know, we'll get to that later on. But it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, you know, I, I kind of, but I, like, at the same time, I get why somebody would be mad at taking up album space. So, like, do I enjoy it? Yeah. I find myself singing along to it after I've listened to the album. So, yeah. Oh, did it get stuck in my head? Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I almost don't know if I need a comment because Chris and uh, Kev, you literally took the words out of my mouth. First on it being a very show tuny vaudevillian kind of song that's exactly what it is and yeah i was gonna say the same thing i'm like this is sort of like big this is the big bad bill before big bad bill came out it's like that weird Mm -hmm. sort of show tuny song like i i appreciate it because they didn't do anything like this like yeah you could kind of draw the comparisons to ice cream man so i would say like it's it's the ice cream man of women and children first but like they never did anything else like this before where they totally almost went into like a different genre in a way on the record where they got like show tuny like this and i i appreciate eddie's slide work mm-hmm. uh you know on the acoustic and the harmonies and stuff like that so yeah it, it's a very catchy song again yeah i mean taking up album space i don't know I, Part of me thinks maybe they didn't have anything better, <laughs> so they just picked the best songs yeah, that they yeah. had and they just threw them on there. Right. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. it's a fun little song. So right, yeah, yeah. I, and the uh, and the and the vocals from the other three guys in the band it just sounds very kind of yeah, almost like if we tried doing it, yeah, without any real production. I just I don't know, it just it, it didn't. It seemed like if they were gonna do this, they should have I don't know, maybe tweaked it a little bit more. Here's uh, my growing yeah, problem ahead, that I'm having with this album. It's, um, you know, and, and it's interesting the way that I'm getting more and more negative going track by track going through <laughs> this, even though like I started this album, you know, I hated it. And then I listened to it 20 times. I'm starting to appreciate the bits and now I'm really starting to dissect it and take it apart. What happened to that California vibe? Like what happened to that, that beaches and girls and top down party all the time drinking like what happened to that it's missing like what you know and, and, oh. and like, this crap's I, on here like i can, I can answer that <laughs> oh. I, I would i would agree with that but we haven't hit the last song in the record yet right um, but yeah i mean like like i said earlier i mean this yeah there were not good things going on yeah during this time between one certain individual in the band and the others and maybe that just was reflected in the tone of the music i mean i don't know it's very uh, possible. Got, everybody yeah. wants some. He's got it. But what happened? Yeah. So go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to throw this uh, it's, as a little fun fact. It is mm-hmm. related to Big Bad Bill. But this okay. actually has, uh, this song has a, a non-member of Van Halen on it, just like Big, Big Bad Bill does. It has Nicolette Larson on backing vocals. Oh, and, wait a minute. I, I think I saw that. Uh, she, that She wasn't the one who played with uh, Linda Ronstadt. Was that it? Uh, let me see. Uh, there was something I came across. I like I said. I I think that was her. I didn't. I well, I didn't 
recognize the name, yeah. but uh, that that was one of the. Of course, but, but, you uh, know, as we know, Big Bad Bill had uh, Eddie's and Alex's father, I believe, on clarinet. Uh, so correct. just yep. just just a just a little okay. little thing All out right. there. So uh, obviously, we want to leave this song. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> we'll move on. But it has to go now. <laughs> to in a Ready simple rhyme. End. Yeah, closing out this album. some of my criticism of this album and you know this song is a really unique track um in terms of its song structure in terms of some of its influences i mean i almost hear a bit of rush in some of those those power chords post chorus mm-hmm. and you know maybe even a little bit of yes like trevor raven era yes with uh, i mean all this mm-hmm. this predates that but i mean it's a lot softer it's it's yeah. a lot more open it's a lot more harmonious yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's a change of pace i don't necessarily get that california vibe from this one as much either mm-hmm. and i certainly don't want to wait until you know like with the exception of track two um you know sit through 40 minutes waiting for what i'm getting out of expecting out of van halen um but you know i think this is a really unique musical contribution that i appreciate and i like that yeah with this track yeah i love this song this is probably and maybe this will foreshadow what i'm gonna do during the uh uh, during our next section, but uh, yeah, this is next to uh, ain't talking about love. This is probably my favorite Van Halen song. It's just a very, it's not a fast song, but it just has a really muscular sound to it. Yeah, very, uh, yeah, yeah very. And again, it's got all these musical pieces in it. You got the slow down, uh, then you got the solo part, which is really great, and then it goes back into that muscular riff, and it's just yeah, I just I love it. Uh, very, very well. Con- it seems like right at the end, I think they just really picked it up like okay we're yeah i know it hasn't hasn't been totally fun but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick some butt here yeah <laughs> right at the end yes yeah, yeah i would agree um this is my favorite song on the album hands down and one of my favorite dave i mean this has got to be like top three dave era mm-hmm. songs oh, yeah. for me like i just, i just think the song's incredible i just love how it starts off i don't know if that's 12 string that he's playing um, I can't remember. I didn't see anything it, in the. Yeah. I'd have to check. It almost sounds like extra chimey, but yeah, I just love how that starts off, and um, I know that this was another one that they added to that Ooh. that reunion tour oh, set you're, from the last. Yeah, Alex, you're right. It was it was a twelve string uh, Rickenbacker. Okay, it sounds like yeah. it. It sounds like extra chimey or <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, you were yeah, right. Yeah, I just I think this song's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I have to agree with pretty much. 
uh, what you said there, Alex. Just uh, you know, and and parts of what Mark said with the whole song structure and everything that's going on, and it. it's just, I, I, this is a highlight of the Dave era for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they show all their musicality. They show what they can yeah. do in a song, and it's also you know it's funny because it's also what infuriates me about this album. Because are you telling me you can pull this song off in four minutes and 40 sections, but you give us six minutes of fools? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I mean, like, you give us this incredible song, one of the best you've ever done, and and, and you make it concise and you make it amazing, but it feels much longer, right? And then you give us this other garbage that you have to sit through and wait, like, to get to. But it's just such, it is really such a great song. I love the different sections on it. Yeah, this is definitely the album where, as far as where they started becoming, unfortunately, a band of moments and not necessarily full-fledged kind of ideas, yeah, as far as a top to bottom like they did on the first two records. But uh, but you're right, yeah, as far as this is just a... I mean, this sounds... The, the last song is a very mature song. It sounds, like I said, it's very uh, it's very intricate. It's got parts to it, which uh, you don't really think about when you think of that era. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to uh, go back to Alex's point on what was on that demo tape for this album. And, you know, to be honest, did they even have time to put on a demo tape for this album? And I think that this song would have been on that. This is a demo tape song. This is a song that takes refinement that they probably had been kicking mm-hmm. around for a while. You know, I feel like And the Cradle Rock was on there. Mm-hmm. Everyone Wants Some was on there. Um, but, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's a great closer. And to Kevin's point about I always wanted a good closer. I mean, is it a closer in the sense that, you know, it just makes you just want an encore. Like, I don't know. It's more of a, like, Hey, we finally showed that we could be musical. Like we're not all that the seams have not burst. You know, the wheels have not come up. Like we're still holding it together. So please buy the next one. (laughs) But I don't know if it's a closer. Like it just doesn't have that. Like, "Mm, yes. I I love that. I I just said, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Um, I, I think uh, as far as an encore song, I think it would be great as far as leading into the encore. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's just got, it's got a very majestic feel to it. Um, uh, I don't know if I, yeah, as far as closing the record, I don't know if it kind of belongs. Maybe some, I guess you know, that was another section or thing we were talking about as far as album order or song order. Um, but, uh, but it does have that kind of climactic kind of feel to it. Uh, uh yeah especially with all the uh kind of weird stuff that preceded it yeah uh, i i like it as a closer as well i i don't think it's the ultimate closer but i i like it i, I couldn't see it anywhere else on the album mm-hmm. in fact i might be even more disappointed if we're someplace else and you got i don't know some some garbage closer song but yeah I, it's, it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i, I, I was gonna say i i love how <laughs> you were so positive coming into this on your initial thoughts mark <laughs> now through the track by track <laughs> yeah <laughs> the whole thing is circling the drain i i don't know we'll get to that but you know i i feel like just you know when i'm thinking of some of the greatest all-time closers um you know this is a good track and like an a for effort from the band <laughs> like i just it just doesn't. Right. And I'm, I'm almost wondering. I'm looking at their discography now. Like, did they have less time to record this album? <laughs> like, what, yeah, what, I don't were, know. were they like doing? You know, I don't really want to get into this part of the, you know, the band. But like, were they doing too many drugs? It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, were they like, like, where, where, where did the time? Or, or did they just have, you know, and just to turn that around into a positive? Like, did they just have so much material written 
before recording one and two that they had no problem coming up with two albums. And then now here's where they hit the wall in album three, where yeah. most bands don't have enough. They put all their right. best stuff in album one, then they hit the wall in album two. Um, yeah, I think this, with exception to, again, to a, a few songs from their club days, I think a lot of this, they were just throwing, not throwing it together, but they were putting it together between the time the yeah, the, uh, the last tour started and ended. Um, and yeah. Um, Here's a question. Yeah. Could this have used a cover song, being that there were no covers on there? Mm, I don't know. I mean, as far as eliminating some song, you probably could have thrown in. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I give them credit for trying to it's like okay this is just gonna be an album of us and not yeah the record label telling us to put something on there or just being forced to uh, or, or not having enough kind of uh uh belief in yourself yeah uh mm-hmm. um but again like w- w- what we've been discussing i mean there are definitely moments on there that probably could have been pushed off and i think i don't have to re-explain but <laughs> yeah i think i made my point yeah um <laughs> you know it's it, i i think yeah. that it's it's a tough question to answer just because you know you look at some of the maybe the weaker material on this album think oh yeah you know it'd be great to cut that for a cover but the, mm-hmm. the, the frustrating thing again is that they've proved they can do it they can write mm-hmm. a great song and they yeah, prove they they're that. gonna prove they can do it again in the future as we know that they can right. write a great album top to bottom so yeah. it's like that oh you know it's it maybe it just didn't all work this time i don't know right so who knows but yeah, that's the track by track of of this. Unless anybody's got any kind of further comments, they want to sneak in here before yeah, we get uh, to love yeah, it or flood yeah, it. Mm. Yeah, too bad they didn't develop that growth track even to like a lead up after Toro Toro. Because yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It seems it seems like again there should have been something better after that. And I think maybe they could have. Because yeah, again that ending little weird thing. It's like okay, there's a heavy kind of metallic minor riff there. Okay, they probably could have done something fatter that they probably could have stuck into that, but they didn't. And it would have been interesting to... And again, this is not a personal preference. I know there were some people that love uh, uh, Loss of Control, but I just... I don't know. I, I, yeah, there, there was definitely room for improvement at that section. Uh, uh, and it is a weird... It is a weird kind of place in the record because you have kind of some, some great ideas, but it doesn't totally gel uh, between that little instrumental and then the, so- uh, the lead-up song. Mm-hmm. Alex, any final thoughts? Are we done to love or flush it? No, I, I'm good there. Uh, I, I'm good to move on. Yeah, we'll let let the fun begin. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Order for this episode is Alex, the contender, Chris, the architect, Kevin, the engineer, and Mark, the producer. All right, so we're gonna, gonna start off. We're gonna start with track one, and the creator will rock. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, it's just one of those songs <laughs> where I've heard it so many times. It's like, yeah, I could appreciate it for what it is, and it's probably going to be, like, blasphemous that I would pick, you know, something. I don't love it. Um, I don't know if I would flush it and get it off the record because, you know, it was the the lead-off single, and it's a good opening track. It just, it's kind of middle ground. It's middle tier for me. You got to do one or the other. We need a neutralized section, yeah, where you don't kill it. You just you keep. Yeah, it well, I'm right definitely not going to terminate it from existence. That's for sure. <laughs> right. And and I don't I don't think it should be off the record. But it's not like I love it. So I guess since it needs to be there for sake of saving it, I'll say I love it. But it's more of a yeah, neutralized. Yeah, 
Eh, it just it's one of those ones where it's just like I've heard it so many times and it's just like eh, whatever. <laughs> Alex, remember that you get an extra buy this time or terminate. So. Oh, I'm that will that will that will that will actually help me. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Chris, are you, are what are you that, that actually works perfect for this record for me. So I'll, I'll okay. keep that in mind. But yeah, Chris, go okay. ahead. I yeah, I I love it. Uh, based on what I said in the beginning, I think it's just a very muscular, very poppy. It's got that great kind of arena. Uh, kind of you just yeah, you got a bunch of people together just chanting and the cradle. I mean, it's perfect. And even on the radio, it's uh, I, when I even when I think of it, I think of like blasting it in my car just turning it up and just kind of just flying down uh it's just got that great and again yes it's it's probably the most played song on the record but it just uh it was just perfect for that i mean as far as writing that radio hit and they got it right there uh and again not my favorite song on the record but i think it does its job very well so yeah I, i'll love it okay and then moving on what was that mark that was next no kevin's kev okay. kev's next sorry kev your uh, thoughts uh, um I'm gonna make a quick another quick edit comment. Let's let's just just make sure not to redo the track by track here. So right, it's just a quick. I love it, and that's you know okay. Unless we're contrarian, but yeah, right. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna say I love this track. I totally understand about the overplayedness of it, but the you know that solo section itself, I got to keep it. So I'm loving it. All right, and then wrapping it up, Mark, your thoughts. I love it too. I don't love it, love it. Um, because I've heard it so many times. I, you know, I'll just echo everyone with the overplayedness of it, but it is an arena rocker, and for that, I love it. Okay, right. awesome. And then moving on, track two. Every everybody wants some. Uh, me, uh, since I get an extra buy, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this one. Here we uh, go. I th- I think. Uh, it's not my first buy uh, of the record. If I, if I only had <laughs> one buy, it wouldn't be it, but. I think it really is great that it. Wait, whoops! <laughs> is that a, that sounded like a that sounded like a, a buy and a flush. Save it. <laughs> Might have accidentally the clicked both buttons. But yeah, I think no. You can uh, buy and it, flush a song. Just gonna buy it to take it out of your hands and then flush well, well, it. He, he, well, he owns it now. He can do what he wants. <laughs> <Yeah>. so <bad. laughs> All right, all right, all right. All right. So yeah, it's just a buy because I think it it just represents. In a way, it kind of represents the record in a way. It's got heavy. It's got, you know, Dave's, you know, goofy bits in the middle. It's great drumming. So, yeah, it's, it's a buy for me. Um, so, yeah, Chris? Uh, I love it just for that it's just a primal kind of just sitting back. Uh, not sophisticated, but just, again, it's like biting into a nice hamburger. Uh, <laughs> it just it gets the it's, it's all mood and feel uh yeah simple riffs yeah simple yeah uh, sweet yes simple point to make yeah (laughs) all right and then kev your thoughts i'm gonna say i love it too even though i know i echoed you know before that it might have been a little bit too long i I can't cut it so i'm gonna say i love it okay and mark um i am getting really close to agreeing with alex on the buy but don't don't hit that button yet um i it's too long um but it's just a rock and riff uh it's got a great chorus but i don't know if i can take the dave clowning in it it'd just be a little too much for me so i'm just gonna have to love it okay 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 awesome well let's move on to fools then uh i love this track um is it a little long Maybe. 
I don't know. I'd have to go listen to it again and really pay attention and see if that bothers me. But yeah, I love this track, so I'm going to keep it. Uh, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, again, yeah, it's, it's a little longer, but again, until we started talking about it, I didn't really notice it that much. Uh, uh, yeah, the lyrical content, again, is a little odd, but uh, yeah, just that bluesy, heavy riff just really does it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I love it. And I, I think I know what sound is coming next, so let's go ahead and get Kevin on this. Our first cut. There it goes. Yeah. I was yeah, actually I expecting termination, but... No, I'm saving that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to save that. And if I can't use it too early in this album. Um, but yeah, down it goes. I know that you had two loves so far, but it's too long. There are parts of it that are good, but I could do without it. So out it goes. Okay. And then Mark. I'm going to have to agree with my brother. Flush that. Um. <laughs> Wait for the bubbling. It's just the lyrical content. Just ugh. fair. Right. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, for for a longer song, you would think that it would be a little bit more kind of uh, a little bit uh, better constructed. Yeah, I know. Cool. All right, but, and uh, then lyrically. moving on to the last track aside, one Romeo Delight. I I love this track. It's it's a barn burner. Uh, like I, I never, I never put the uh, James Hetfield sort of Metallica kind of like, guitar work to it, but I think it serves a purpose. Uh, it's a great concert opener. I think it needs to be on the track. It definitely beats out some other ones, so it's a love for me. So, Chris. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it, and came close to buying it, but uh, I'm saving that uh, my money for uh, for down the road. But uh, but yeah, no, absolutely love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just it just kicks butt. It's a rager, and it's just got yeah, it's a very, uh, yeah, very yeah, just a very fun song. Yeah. yeah. All right, and Kev, I, I I'm gonna agree, and uh, especially when I I heard that it was like a concert opener, like Alex informed us, and you know the rager that Chris likes, you know things. I I love it. All right, and then uh, Mark. Alex has convinced me with the concert opener as well. I'm going to buy it. Ooh! Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I came close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it, it's it's um, it, it's just too much of a typical Van Halen song on an album that suffers from not having enough typical Van Halen songs. So okay, if if I didn't say that Alex's comment was the comment of the show, that would have been the comment of the show for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move on to. Uh... So how do we want to do this for side two? Do do we want to do we want to take no? Do we want to do we want to take Torah Torah and Loss of Control as as separate tracks, or do we want to combine it into one track? Please, that'll be difficult for me. Wait, you vote to combine? Yeah, that's difficult for me. I vote to uh, to take them as separate. Chris, okay, I I know. Typically, if I if I loved both of them, I would have done that, but I. Uh, just okay, in a more separate. Yeah. separate. All right, go tour tour. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm looking at the track the track listing here and seeing like what is on here. And unfortunately, I like these songs. Um, I think they're fun. I think they kind of break up the album. Um, but we got to terminate something. So <laughs> I think I think it's gonna have to either. 
I mean, the way I look at it is I, I kind of see this as one track. <laughs> So yeah. let's just let's just get rid of Tora yeah. Tora in loss of control, I guess. Okay. Wait, you're terminating both? Well, I I, I mean, what? I'm gonna I, I'm <laughs> gonna ta- terminate take- Tora Tora, but keep loss like you you need them. They're they go together. They're twins and they're terrible, I guess. <laughs> All right. See, so you 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 have you the ability two- to terminate both, but this would be using both your terminates. Damn it! No, well, no. I'm, plan- I'm planning on using two buys. Wait, can he, wait? It's either you can either he either have two terminates or two buys, correct? You can't have two he, buys right? and two. Yeah, he gets an extra buy or terminate. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, 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 I, so I'm you, only gonna ter- I'm only gonna terminate one. You're so, only gonna terminate Tora Tora. Yeah, let's get rid of let's get rid of that. I guess. Okay. okay. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean plus, what, what sound effect would be better than to go with Tora Tora and the bombs going off? Going so, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's, all you, that's why you did that. You, that's you why I that. did that. Right? <laughs> just for everybody listening. I don't Sorry, hate the Tora, track. Tora. I'm, I'm just keeping up with the theme here. So that's where I stand. Chris? Um, I, as far as a musical idea, again, comparing it to the Heli, and I like the musical ideas that they had little... 50 or 60 second thing introduces it's very metallic it's almost very unlike the band uh yeah the scream is very much something you didn't really hear from dave at that era it kind of foreshadows what kind of i don't even even at that point i don't even i'm trying to think if even rob halford was doing it to that yeah because yeah, that was right when british steel came out uh maybe a little bit maybe in the early but uh uh, but uh, yeah, the fact uh, that they were that he did it to that extent, I thought was very interesting. So uh, uh, I'll get, I like it. Yeah, I'll give the. Uh, uh, and am I also talking about loss of control too? Or are we just do? Are we just no. kind of okay? Okay, no, all right. Separate, so yeah. okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw up my like. Yeah, I like. All right, uh, Kev? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go say I like it too, and that's that's about it. It's uh, yeah, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, you, you guys are not loving it, and I, you know, here's my impression. Okay, so if I'm talking about this song, and if I hear the song, and the band gives me their demo tape, and I'm a producer or an executive at Warner or whatever, and I say, you know, guys, like that's really cool, but you know what? Flush it because I don't need your experiments on my vinyl. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? Okay. All right. I, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. Let me go back here. It's too late. You killed it. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about the flush. Yeah. I forgot that oh, there was a flush. <laughs> How do you bring things back from termination? <laughs> you get, they've been incinerated already. Should That's, we allow just this one time? Some yeah, pet cemetery is, shit. Right, I mean, right, I feel like right, this right. is like a gray area. It's like, yeah. it's an intro piece to another song. It's like, I, I, I put them together. So, all right, let me take that back. I'm going to go ahead and... F- Man, it's I, I hate Fl- doing. Flush, oh, I can't all right, you know what? All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here, here's here's where I stand. I'm keeping I'm keeping the termination because the bomb sound going with the track, and I'll save my flush for the next one. Which which it's my turn. Which it's my turn anyway. So yeah, boom, okay. lost control. I love it. Uh, it's a fun song. Wait, what? You just Did, said you're gonna save your flush. I hit the flush button again. I, I, no, what I'm saying is, we're not gonna oh. stick my stick our hand down there now to retrieve <laughs> <Not> it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, get, get my rubber get gloves. Get rid of the song, but I still appreciate it. So that's where I'm at. Flush it, get it off the record, but I appreciate it. Okay, Chris, get me off the mic. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, is, is it my turn now? I it's think. your yeah. turn. It is. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, okay, yeah, we don't have to. I don't have to get the rubber gloves off. Just flush that sucker down the. Uh, <laughs> It, 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 it kept me for the first 15 seconds, and then it slapped me across the face, yeah. Yeah, so I'll flash for insulting Cap, me. Hang on. Cap, this might yeah. be worse than a termination. I don't even know what you're going to call this. <laughs> oh, God. Like the universe if, eliminated, if, so yeah. there's a chance of yes. making this song. Sorry. If, if I could have one of those dark brown paradoxes... To eliminate this this song from existence and the universe would collapse in itself, or limited to only our own galaxy, that would definitely be it. Lawson, get out of my face. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, all right, Mark. We got two flushes and a termination, and I'm going to put on the biggest, most robust rubber glove, and I'm going to go fetch that thing out of the flush toilet, and I'm going to love that. I I, I, I love loss of control. It's Dave's get up. I love get up. I know we're getting there, but I love it. Are we gonna? Should I'm we? Add sorry, the, everyone. Yeah, should should we add the rubber glove as a uh, flea if we at the end of the uh, of all the tracks if we want to resend our uh, our choice? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. No, I want to. I want. I want a rubber glove. I want to get it back. Get the yeah. rubber glove. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, right. slap you in the face with that rubber glove. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. Then we'll go to take your whiskey home. This is a love for me for sure. I'm keeping this one. So okay, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, I love this song just because it's yeah, it's again, it's got all the, it's just got that swagger and muscle to it that I, uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that I'd like. And again, it's a little bit darker, so I'll uh, I'll I'll throw that to it too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh, what's that? Oh man, <laughs> this is this is tough for me. Yeah. Because dur- during this, like Mark almost convinced me to flush it. Uh, you would, I, I, I'm really struggling right here because I, I like parts of it and I don't like parts of it, and, and uh, I, I, you know. Oh, oh <laughs> getting rid of take your whiskey home. He chose yeah. poorly. Bear in mind, realize what song comes after this on the record, but that's yeah. that's all I'll say. Yeah, just just go go to Mark. He convinced me to flush it during the track. All right, testing. all right, Mark, your thoughts. Well, I am not going to let Kevin down. I am also going to flush it. Uh, stop okay. with this brother crap. Come on, still going. Goddamn brothers. You know, you know, I, I think separable that this I, I made my points during the uh, track by track and, you know, I don't like songs about whiskey. I, you know, I, I don't buy into Chris's, this has a deeper lyrical meaning. I did, just based I never, on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just based on everything else on this record, just being so, you know, I think I call it poor or flushworthy, yeah. but just step, it's step down. It's just a step down. And, right. you know, like to, you know, if you had said that this is still a strong record, I might buy the deeper lyrical meaning of this yeah. song. And like, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I got to flush yeah. it still. So that's where. Yeah. I, and I never said longer. it was like deep. I mean, compared to some other, like more kind of introspective songwriters, I just said, I mean, for a, for a Van Halen album, I mean, it was kind of, uh, it was, he didn't, yeah, Dave didn't take the party approach to it. Uh, yeah, yeah that it's kind of, yeah. And uh, just as a note here for everyone, the only person who has terminated so far has been Kevin, and we've got two songs left. Uh, oh, no. Well, I, 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 well you I, should. Uh, that should make this easy. I, I his, terminated. Yeah, Alex, <laughs> ca- Alex I, kept his Tora Tora oh, terminated. yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I, ca- I terminated Tora Tora flush loss of control, even though that was tough to do, but I did it. 
So, all right, could this be magic? I'm. I love this song. I'm. I'm gonna keep it. Um, it, it I. I love it because I'm gonna keep it. I mean, it was a potential other flush just because it's so <laughs> weird compared to everything else. But at least it's it's got like a better proper song structure and it's catchier versus loss of control which you know that's fun for what it is but i almost don't feel like it's a proper song it's just kind of like a a show off like oh look at how fast we can play but you know there's charm in that too so uh i I, i'll I'll keep this track so chris all right i'm gonna pull out some of my uh uh, mafia godfather sensibilities i want you to kill it and then i want you to flush it (laughs) (laughs) i I click the terminate button yeah, no, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, this, uh, it's just too quirky for me, and it, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not as solid as like Ice Cream Man. I mean, as far as that quirky kind of acousticy kind of uh, look at Dave doing something, doing kind of his weird kind of shtick. I just didn't, I never, I, I, I just couldn't. It's not a song that I can just listen to and listen to. Like I said, I had to struggle to kind of get through it. I mean, yeah, again, I, I can appreciate the them trying something weird, and different, but I just, it didn't, it didn't set. It didn't hit as well as some of their past attempts at doing that. So, <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And Kev, your thoughts on could this I, be magic? I, I'm going to agree with you, Alex. I'm going to love this song. Uh, I, uh, you know, you know me. I like the oddball Van Halen song when it works. Yeah, you would. And, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to love the song. I'm not going to buy it, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really mind the song. It, it, it's a solid song and it, it works for what it is. Awesome. All right. And then Mark wrapping it up. Uh, I'm going to... Okay, so I will give this song a little bit of credit in that I appreciate that they can do it. I do like that it has kind of two choruses that, you know, the um, you know, it's got the woman, it's got the uh, nom de plume in the uh, lyrics, and then it's got the could this be magic being your, your kind of your second chorus, I suppose. Um, the song is an earworm. It gets stuck in my head. Um but I just, this is the second or maybe third or, you know, honestly, maybe even fourth time that I would say that Van Halen is wasting vinyl. Mm-hmm. Terminate. Good. I was, good. I, 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 was, I was afraid that brotherly bond was going to, uh, was going to be too strong. Yeah. No, her, Not this It was going to shine through. Yeah. No. Erased from existence. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, All that's right. fair. All right. So let's move on to the. Technically, the final proper track of the album yeah, in a simple right. rhyme. This is a buy for me. This was my first buy going into this, uh, but then I got lucky that I got uh, a second buy. But yeah, like I said, top three Dave era song. I think it's if anything, it's got that a good feel good vibe to it with the you know the clean intro and then just the melodies and stuff. It's just got that swagger and that swing that they're just so known for. So a definite buy for me. So Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy this one. I mean, this was probably the song that made me really dig deeper into the kind of more deeper cut Van Halen. It just, it's got, it's got the different musical parts. It, yeah, it just seems like the song that they really sat down with and just kind of like, okay, we're going to put, we're going to write, yeah, a really kind of proper kind of muscular rock song. Yeah. With, uh, the kind of kind of brings, it kind of pulls you into it. And, okay. uh, and it, that's what it does. Yeah, I just love it. It's just a great, yeah, just a great muscular little bit there. Awesome, man. Kev? I'm going to make it three for three. And nice. I'm going to buy this song as well. Uh, it, it's, it showcases, like, what the band does right on an album mm-hmm. that they're not necessarily doing that all the time. But I also think, like, I'm trying to consider my playlist here. And, you know, I think about some of the other things I've picked. And, and it just, I think if if... 
you were to listen to this as the third song on my playlist, you'd see like developing musicality and developing right. Van Halen developing as a band in, in, in a positive way and in sure. song structure wise and everything else. So I'm going to buy it. Okay. And you know, then uh, Mark. Yeah, we're, uh, I guess we got a rule here just for uh, anyone who, um, you know, if we didn't mention it before, but anyone who buys a song can be vetoed by a terminate and you know i've already used my terminate because there's so much crap on this album that like i just you know i had wow. to use it and you know like it's, this is, I, yeah I, I i like the 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 musicality i like the song structure i like the effort i like the contrast and styles you know it's got some good dynamic range too to it the lyrics are decent you know and you know when they're trending downward at least they could pick it up for the closer i have to flush this um whoa what that was such a good build up all right you you hit me i think you hear some reasoning behind this thank thank god we're not doing yeah, thank God we're we yeah we're uh, yeah we're skyping this and not doing like a live in the same room show. I have to yeah, slap those glasses off that. your face. Yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm you know, and I'm I'm gonna explain myself just in a simple rhyme. Um, simple. Oh, shut up. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you don't I, talk anymore. All right, I just, just got to say that you know, like women and children and fur first, like the album. It's all over the place. I'm going to be all over the place. And I want to finish this out on a sour note with a flush. <laughs> okay. So people so people listening, if this is one big of your favorite songs, I take it with a grain of salt. He's, he's just doing this to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 one more. One more. I got what, one, two, three, four, five flushes and a terminate. And I was the one who started off this the podcast. Go back two hours. And I'm just saying, hey, you know what? 20 times, 30 times I listen to this. I don't want to listen to it ever again. It's because so funny because all, all loves the loss of control and could this be magic and flushes the best song in the album. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little uh, taken aback. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's well, perplexing, I suppose. Yeah, gonna have to take drugs to sleep tonight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what we're talking about here. So, so, so what's happening to the band here? I mean, and I, and I know I'm just, you know. Trying to be too contrarian here, but I mean, like their first album went diamond. I don't think go diamond until um, nineteen eighty four and and fifty one fifty and all the Van Hagar era kind of brought all the back catalog to prominence. Um, but then I believe Van Halen two went like what five X platinum. Uh, didn't this go like four or three X platinum? And you know we'll get to it, but they're on a downward trend. I mean, if you wanna, I I, I guess it, it's hard to say about the downward trend you know here because i would say yes if you just take it in the context of these three albums right i don't yeah, know I if you, it, if it, you it, take so, it in the context of yeah. the whole dave era it's slightly different i don't know right it's still selling enough to keep them like as a main major draw um, i mean it still sold a few million copies which i mean especially at that time i mean before the 80s really blew up where i mean you really weren't uh big unless you sold seven eight or nine million copies of an album yeah. uh yeah, yeah the 80s really was the era of like where platinum records really weren't anything anymore i mean if you weren't like in the uh like the diamond like bon jovi uh def Leppard area later in the decade yeah you weren't kind of but still here i mean there was still yeah having selling two three million copies of a record is still good i mean that was still enough to keep you i mean that's no uh it's no uh pittance yeah is that you know, based on the success of the singles though i mean 
it's the possible. Single, yeah. The singles I mean, yeah. were decent songs here. We we all liked them. Right. Uh, we all yeah, liked that, them. Think yeah, about that, the first two songs. I see a bunch right. of loves and a buy and some loves. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was more of a like for me. It's buy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. It was on the edge. Yeah. Your hand yeah, was on the flush fun, lever. Right? Yeah, I don't think I. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this was kind of always up until I really analyzed it. It was always kind of my favorite record. But after kind of digging in, I mean, it has I mean, its best moments are some of my favorite songs. Like everybody wants some and uh, in a simple rhyme. Yeah, I remember closing out last show and you saying like, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, there's going to be some deep stuff to this album. And everyone else is kind of like, yeah. And then, you know, just this this album is just a tough one. And I, I wouldn't, yeah. you know, it was a good point that you brought up that you're really starting to see the friction within the band. You know, yeah. it, it's coming out musically. It's coming out. It's it's less even. You just you just don't. I mean, I, if you would have asked me, you know, thinking about like the entire catalog of Van Halen, like where does it start? Like where does that breakup start? And I would to guess the third album, considering mm-hmm. they put out what, like three or three yeah. more? at least yeah. with Dave and, and like right. even the band, like they still held it together. They went from, you know, they went to Sammy, but you know, they still held it with Mike for um, basically all the way up until like Wolfgang. So right, yeah. even though there was a ton of friction there. So like I went to guess the third album, you're already yeah. starting to see the cracks. In right. That, the... I think that's when it started to become more public. Cause I think people have said, I mean, even who are close to the band, I mean, that there were always kind of, there was always friction with Dave between Dave and the Van Halen brothers. But now, yeah, because Dave is trying to exert more kind of as far as him being the kind of the focus of the band that that started causing. A, um, I came acro- across a, uh, a uh, just a, a, an interview clip of Eddie in like 84 talking about you know, where he's like the problem. Like one of the biggest problems between him and Dave was the, uh, that he uh, Eddie saw himself as a just a musician and a songwriter and dave he's uh, dave looked at himself as a rock star which he was i mean that's what I mean, that unfortunately i mean was you was a part of the uh part of the uh, concoction i mean you needed the, both those parts you needed dave's uh ego and presence and eddie and you needed eddie's and alex's musicianship i mean it kind of but unfortunately on a personal level it didn't uh it, it ultimately didn't it wasn't gonna last so but, this is uh, just to toss it out there. If that's the case, then why, when you get two songwriters and guitar players with Van Hagar, didn't it work out there? It did. No, it didn't. That fell apart too. Very as, as well. Yeah. By yeah, by by, by album. Yeah, yeah. By by album number three, they're already showing cracks. And for all FUCK record already. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was already yeah. some tension going on. They, they, Eddie brought in another producer because he was tired. He thought that like Andy Johns just gave Sammy everything he wanted or something. Well, I can see like the PTSD from dealing with Dave and everything. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say in the middle of a career how seamless of a transition they pulled off. And again, this is just this is macro level stuff that we can talk about in a review. But you know, it, it just. You know, nothing lasts forever, and you know I think it's amazing that it held on as long as it did, and then they were able to reinvent it and hold it on, you know, hold it together even still, um, you know, not to this day, but for a good amount of time after that. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing about this too. We're talking about this, you know, over the course of three episodes, three albums here, but really, you're talking about two years of music. Yeah. From seventy eight to eighty, here and look, I mean, and they, and they're like, they oh, you know, wow, three album three, they're showing cracks, you know, two years, you know, that's true, but it's like, you know, that, that's actually kind of short at the same time. Mm. Yeah, the yeah, as far as the personal 
wor- inner workings of the band. Yeah, I've, I've read up a little bit and have watched some documentaries. But yeah, it's very complicated because, of course, you get uh, from each side, you get the other side of the story. So there's never really like a kind of everybody's on the same page. It's either, well, yeah, from Eddie's side, well, yeah, Dave and uh, and Sammy were hard to work with. And then you get from yeah, the other side, well, it's like, yeah, well, Eddie and Alex were kind of like, uh, I mean, they were they had that kind of that unbreakable bond where it almost made it impossible yeah, for them to kind of see it from the other mm-hmm. side, yeah, where they had this almost, uh, uh, yeah, where they really enabled each other and really didn't take uh, uh, criticism on themselves very well. Alex, any final yeah. thoughts? Yeah, on this record, I mean, yeah, I guess you guys gave me a, a, a different point of view on it where <clears throat> I, I guess, I mean, okay. I've loved everything that pretty much the band has done and I have, I guess, different thoughts on my favorite records versus like what Sorry. most yeah. people's favorite or least favorite records are. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still stand by it. I have a, a soft spot for this record and, you know, I, I think that it, it flows well. I, I don't think there's ever really a part of the record where I, I want to skip anything. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, maybe songs that were just kind of thrown on there because they didn't have anything else. That That's very possible, but I still feel like it's still pleasing to the ear. Like, I could still find appreciation for it, and I can sit and get through it. Um, and, and like I said, it's got one of my favorite Dave Era songs ever on it, so that's where I'll leave it. No, you, uh, after last episode, went and put on the Van Halen 2 vinyl. Are you going to go back and, and listen to this album again? I, I don't know if I will, just because I listened to it right before the show. But we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, the LP vinyl cover right now. So I just played it digitally earlier today. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit with it. We'll see. But, no, I, I will say I, I get what you're getting at. And, yeah, I definitely had more of an excitement after Van Halen 2 to go back and listen to it versus this one. So with that, let's wrap the show. Uh, guys, we'll be talking next week. Uh, fair warning. And with that, everyone, uh, stay safe and good night.